1: Say What? is the radio program of Protect Our Kids, which seeks to inform and equip concerned citizens about the looming crisis in American education. So listen in as your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roska Jr., unpack the issues and organizations affecting our children. And now here's your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roska Jr.
2: Hello, everyone. I'm George Roska. And I'm Mark Schneider. And we want to welcome you to today's episode 63 of Say What? where we will talk about the threats to our children in the public school system, including the never-ending threats to their personal identities.
3: That's right, George. You know, June is still Pride Month, where all LGBTQ ideology is being promoted and celebrated across the nation, including our schools, with the very destructive lie that gender Is subjective. You know, there's a case that's winding its way through the court in California right now that involves a mom. Her name is Abigail Martinez. Um, Abigail immigrated from El Salvador when she was 18 years old, four children, one of whose name was Yaley, Yaley Martinez. the way Abigail describes her, she was a girly girl for you know her prebuescent period uh, loved putting on dresses and playing with other kids. But when she got to public school um, around middle school, she started to get bullied by her peers and this led to some depression and some personal issues. And sure enough, George, you know, when she entered adolescence, uh, her peers and the school starting to encourage her to maybe consider that she was not the gender that she was born into and that she consider maybe she she considers transitioning. Mm -hmm. Well, her mother objected to this, obviously. And that's when L.A. County's Department of Children and Family Services got involved. And what happened was that she was actually removed from her home and put in foster care.
2: Say what?
3: Where she was able to get the transitional medical treatment that she wanted. Well, it has a very sad ending, George. Um, Yaley was 19 years old, and uh, she walked into an oncoming train Mm. and ended her life that way. And Abigail is now suing both L.A. County and the Department of um, Children and Family Services. We'll see where that case goes. This just points to the fact that what we're teaching in our public schools in terms of gender identity has very serious real-world consequences. Yes, yes. And as sort of a platform to talk about this more, we thought we would uh, take our cue from uh, an article that Dr. Ryan Anderson wrote for the Heritage Foundation called Contradictions in Transgender Ideology. Dr. Anderson has written about marriage, gender identity, sexual identity for for many, many years. He's very well-versed in this topic, and he wrote this famous book – called When Harry Became Sally. Now, of course, that's taken from a film that was made Mm -hmm. by Rob Reiner, I think back in the late 80s or something, uh, called When Harry Met Sally, uh, starring Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan. Well, when Harry became Sally, uh, we don't have to use our imaginations very much to realize what this book is really talking about.
2: And, Mark, there is actually a rebuttal to his book by obviously the left yeah. called let Harry become Sally.
3: And they are, <laughs> and at least they're, they're trying to. So, you know, as we've discussed on previous episodes, uh, the claims of sex and gender theorists have been captured by the highest levels in our government, including the Biden administration, corporate boardrooms, uh, and at the schoolroom, particularly uh, from high school down to the pre-K level. But the question, George, is should we accept these claims because they're metaphysical claims they're not just practical you know as a matter of fact prima facie factual claims these are metaphysical claims ontological claims about who we are what what does it mean to be real yeah what is truth itself and so we thought it would be good to uh, to, to look at s- some of these. The main claim of the whole gender identity movement being, you are who you claim to be, irregardless of contrary evidence. That's quite a claim. And unfortunately, uh, corporations and medical associations have totally bought into
2: this. Yes, Mark, I think... But let's just repeat that claim again, because I think this is the biggest thing that needs to be debunked. People are actually what they claim to be, regardless of contrary evidence. I hope parents are sitting down and listening to this claim and educating themselves through what we're going to be sharing right now on how to thoughtfully disprove this this claim and
3: unfortunately, uh, it's been repeated. Um, By some very established organizations, including the American Psychological Association. They put out a pamphlet entitled Answers to Your Questions about Transgender People, Gender Identity, and Gender Expression. And in this pamphlet, it says transgender is an umbrella term for persons whose gender identity, gender expression or behavior does not conform to that typically associated with the sex to which they were assigned at birth. Now, notice that expression, assigned at birth. Where did that come from, George? Mm. As far back as 2005, even the human rights campaign referred instead to birth sex and physical sex. When you're talking about something being assigned, well, assigned by who and for what purpose, what what this term is really saying is we don't know what your gender is until you're born and we can actually inspect you. And then we sort of arbitrarily make an assignment based on the empirical evidence that we have at that time.
2: I, I almost think, I mean, this is, this is so... Um... You know, funny but serious at the same time. Because whenever I read these kind of statements by these kind of organizations, and then I look at their history, so both the APA and the Human Rights Campaign, um, I almost feel like they they should just cancel themselves for all of the damage that they've done historically. Because if today they are right, that means everything they've done in the past they were wrong.
3: Boy, that's the truth.
2: Because they constantly change who they they are today. It's
3: ever evolving. It's ever evolving. It's part
2: of the language wars. So I, I think that they should just look introspectively and say, we need to cancel ourselves.
3: Well, there's definitely an agenda behind this, <laughs> and it goes to the highest levels, and it's even showing up in courtrooms across the country. In fact, um, a D- Dr. Deanna Adkins um, is a professor at Duke University of Medicine and the director of their Child and Adolescent Gender Care, which opened in 2015. So Duke is one of the most prestigious medical schools in the country. And Dr. Atkins uh, testified in, in federal court where she said, It is counter to medical science to use chromosomes, hormones, internal reproductive organs, external genitalia, or secondary sex characteristics to override gender identity for purposes of classifying someone as male or female.
2: Say what?
3: Now, this is quite a remarkable statement, George, because the argument recently was that gender is only a social construct, while sex is a biological reality. But now activists are claiming that gender identity is your destiny, while biological sex is the social construct. And it's being promoted by the APA, by doctors, by the American Medical Association, what scientific medical evidence is there to support this kind of assertion? Yes, but unfortunately, George, we are seeing this same ideology now being taught throughout our public school educational system. You and I have talked before about this illustration that 's commonly used the genderbred person, mm-hmm. and the genderbred person is typically shown to kids starting in pre k it 's a cartoon graphic. And um it teaches that kids have five different identity characteristics. Um, maybe we can show that. Um, I, I wish we had it uh, so you could actually see this. But those five identity characteristics are gender identity, which is basically what's in your head, gender expression, how you present yourself, biological sex, so at least Acknowledges that there is a biological sex, your Mm -hmm. physical characteristics, sexual orientation, and number five, romantic orientation. So your sexual orientation can be different than your romantic feelings toward a person.
2: I'm still scratching my head on that one. It
3: splits everything apart. But the gender-bred person, George, is no longer preferred uh, for use in the public schools. It's been replaced with a new graphic called the gender unicorn which completely does away with any human-looking cartoon in favor of something that is completely androgynous and nebulous and that you cannot excuse me pin down in terms of its identity
2: yeah and and this is i think the the, the place where uh this whole thing is leading to it it's leading to a complete state of confusion because if we cannot be grounded in some reality, that does not change. And especially for a child's development, psychological development, physical development, character development, um, this is going to create the next generation of kids growing up with huge, huge, huge mental Illnesses. It already is. And we've, we're we already seeing that. Yeah,
3: it, it's happening. Uh, in fact, uh, Abigail Schreier uh, put out her famous book called Irreversible Damage that mm-hmm. talks about the emotional, not only physical and sterility that's caused by puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones, but the emotional trauma and the increase in suicide rates among people who are going down this this, this avenue. Well, there's George, some fundamental contradictions to this incoherent worldview, and we wanted to talk about some of those today just by asking some questions. Here's one of them. The assertion. This has to do with the assertion that gender is a social construct, but that people are trapped in the wrong body. Now, here's the question. Think about this for a minute. How can be people be trapped in the wrong body, If the body doesn't have anything to do with gender, if gender is merely an assignment, doesn't really have any ontological meaning, how can you be trapped in the wrong body?
2: I'm scratching my head on that one.
3: There's no good answer for it. No. But the progenitors of this worldview are not often asked these questions. Here's another one, George. The assertion that there are no meaningful differences between men and women, that is one of the core assertions of the whole woke movement. But then why do they at the same time rely on rigid sex stereotypes to argue that gender identity is real? For example, if you're a young woman and all of a sudden you're saying, no, I identify as a man, I'm really a man. Well, if there's no meaningful differences between men and women, what difference does it make which gender you are identifying with? They're both the same thing. And yet this is exactly what's happening. This is what they're teaching through the gender unicorn and others.
2: So then why can men not legislate on abortion? Well, if there are no men and there are no women, then why even make those kind of arguments? That's, that's exactly right.
3: <laughs> this goes along with the promotion of what we're seeing as radical, expressive individualism, this claim that I am who I claim to be. But here's the rub. Why then do they vilify those who don't go along with their subjective gender identities? It's a violation of my Identity, my uh, gender identity, enforcing me to go along with your perception of your identity. So they want to have this individualism and be able to express it while at the same time violating another person's.
2: Yeah. And and this point here is huge, Mark, because Mm -hmm. not only in schools, but on our previous episode, we talked about corporate America. And this is what I'm dealing with in my own workplace with this same. Uh, frame of thought. I, I brought this argument to, to my, you know, human resources, you know, director, the chief of human resources. And his response to me is that, George, we're, we're trying to, um, you know, walk through this DEI. And that's why we've reframed our DEI approach to IDE. What's the difference? Well, we want to be inclusive first. And I'm like, well, how are you going to include me? I'm claiming to have this identity. They are claiming to have whatever their identity is. But why should people even be mad at me yeah. for, for me having this identity? This is me. I am being my authentic self.
3: Uh, it turns out inclusivity only applies to certain worldviews. Exactly. And if you don't happen to hold that one, then you're, you're not part of the club.
2: Exactly.
3: Well, here's another one, George. If gender is a social construct, which is what's being taught, how can gender identity be innate? and if gender identity is innate, how can it be fluid? Both these graphics that we talked about, the gender identity the genderbred person and the unicorn person, they talk about a spectrum of feelings and identities that that people can have at the same time, and yet. They're telling us that your gender identity is innate. It's part of you. It's an obvious contradiction. Yeah. It it makes no sense.
2: Yeah. And and I think the fluidity uh, goes along with their argument Mm -hmm. of trying to find yourself. So if you claim to be a boy today, a girl tomorrow, androgynous the next day, it's you're on your journey. That's right. You're on your journey. Um, But every step of that journey, somebody uh, from the left is saying no you're not because especially for people who have said that they were transgender in the past or homosexual or lesbian or bisexual in the past and now all of a sudden they claim to be straight oh no you are evil yeah
3: yeah that, that's right
2: so we can't tolerate that kind of a journey
3: no we can't um again it's only for one world view well, here's the final and uh, sort of bottom line question that gets to the heart of the problem. If gender is purely subjective, if it's just who I think I am, is it even real? And if it's not real, why should we insist upon it? That and, question has never been answered.
2: And actually, Mark, that, that question relies on a different question to be answered. What is real? That's right. And this is. I think one one of the things that I've found out from my experience in talking to people who, who really believe in this ideology um, is when, when you ask them these tough, philosophical, big worldview questions about what is real, how do you know what is real, how do you know what reality is, how do you define it? They have no foundation and grounding for that. So it, it makes their hamster wheel spin and then they realize that in their own mind, it's an error. It's a, it's an area where they haven't thought deep enough about, and it's causing them problems. In fact, Matt Walsh, um,
3: who famously has recently put out a movie called What is a Woman? <laughs> yeah. is seen to ask some of these questions. And in one particular episode, uh, he asks a person basically this question of what is truth? And the person being questioned gets so upset, George. They actually turn off the mic and go out of the room. They're they're not willing to confront that question.
2: Say what? Yeah. yeah. Well,
3: Ryan Anderson sort of summarizes this by saying, quote, on the one hand, transgender activists want the authority of science as they make metaphysical claims, saying that science reveals gender identity to be innate and unchanging. On the other hand, they deny that biology is destiny, insisting that people are free to be who they want to be. They want their cake and they want to eat it too.
2: And they have a very shallow worldview that I would say is just stooped in stupidity. It's, it's not intellectual at all. In fact, it lacks intellectual credibility.
3: And we've been, uh, I think rightly accused of bending over backwards to accommodate what is in essence, A fundamental lie, George, by going along with this, by treating it kindly and with compassion. Now, we are called to treat people with compassion, and we knew this, and and we must do this. Um, But we don't have to countenance lies when when we hear them. Um, Eventually, George, we're going to find out. That this whole ideology is going to be on the wrong side of history, but in the meantime, real damage is being done to people, particularly the victims of this ideology, like Yaeli Martinez and her mom, Abigail. Um, Sex reassignment is a falsity. It's it's a lie and it does irreversible damage to not only its victims, but to people surrounding them. In fact, people often state that, well, we have to do this because people experiencing gender dysphoria, they're depressed. And if you don't allow them to transition completely, they will kill themselves. Well, Sweden is one of the most gender affirming cultures on the planet, and they have been for decades. There's People are encouraged and there's no prohibition for getting medical service to transition. And they did probably the most exhaustive longitudinal study on the uh, outcome of people who have transitioned of any culture in the world. And What they found is the suicide rate in Sweden for people who have transgendered is 19 times the normal population. 19 so, X.
2: So let me play the devil's advocate here, uh, Mark. Boo hoo. Boo hoo. I don't care about people committing suicide because on the one hand, the other side says all of these suicide quotes, but then yet they are the same ones that support euthanasia. How, how can they be? And on one side, publicly proclaiming we are killing people. And then on the other side saying, Oh, no, those people have the right to kill themselves. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's
3: right, unfortunately. And at the same time, George, uh, there are no peer-reviewed exhaustive studies of post-transgendered people showing positive outcomes, physiological, psychologically, or others. None. Yes. You know, Um, the bottom line is sex is not assigned at birth. It is genetically encoded from conception and required for human reproduction. It's true throughout the animal kingdom, and it's true for humanity itself. To deny one's biological gender is to be an imposter, to be a counterfeit, and yet in society we're accepting this.
2: Well, for parents who have listened to this episode, we highly encourage you to pick up Ryan Anderson book. Yes. When when Harry Became Sally. It is just an absolute must read to know how to counteract very thoughtfully uh and inquisitively with the ideas behind these claims. And you will see that they are shallow. They are shallow, they are empty. Uh, they do not stand up to what they they promise to um, so parents, please continue to follow us at uh, protect dot org on our website. You will find a lot of information there from brochures to videos uh, to our podcasts. Um, we have a brand new. Um, material here, a booklet called How to Start a Private School, The Church's Calling and Education. Uh, Please download it from our website for free. Give it to your pastor, elder team, leadership team. Um, We really need uh, Christians to start entering into this space of education.
3: That's all the time we have for today, but please join us next week for our next episode of Say What. Until then, we'll see you later.